A nation put on a perilous historic path. The first time in history, a former president indicted on federal charges, 37 against former President Donald Trump. Two of his attorneys resigning last Friday, one aide also indicted in federal court. No matter your stance on Donald Trump, we live in turbulent times. Countless times in the Psalms, there's reflection on the root of all sin. Sin is not merely specific acts of rebellion against God. Sin, at its root, is robbing God of the honor he is due. As Christians, we remember that God sent his Son into the world to restore the honor that rightly belongs to him. How long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? We put ourselves and our world in the place of God. The answer is the light of Christ shining through darkness into our hearts, giving us the knowledge of the glory of God. Welcome to Haven Today here on a Monday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're into our second week in a series called Becoming Jesus People. Jesus frees out in the street and in tickets out for A song from 1971, written by Bernie Taupin and Elton John. Bernie says they were in L.A. when they wrote it, and said it seemed like sunshine just radiated from the populace. I've always found it fascinating that they noticed the Jesus freaks that were there in Southern California. It's not a surprise. Most say that's where the Jesus revolution began. And a little more south of L.A., in Orange County, there was a pastor named Chuck Smith, and his wife Kay had a real heart to reach the hippies. So my dad and mom both believed in the transforming power of the gospel. And I think Mm. that's an important factor because they knew that these lost generation coming in would not stay in drugs, would not stay in the lifestyle they had, but that the Holy Spirit would sanctify them and transform them. And Mm. they knew that the Spirit would do the work that needed to be done. That's Cheryl Smith Broderson, the youngest daughter of Chuck and Kay Smith. She's going to join me in just a moment to share more about the Jesus People Movement from her family's perspective. I think you'll be inspired by what she tells us about the great revival that happened 50 years ago. And it's my prayer, it inspires all of us to ask the Lord to move right now in our hearts and in our world with another great gospel revival. Would it be that secular songs today would talk about how so many turned to Jesus in 2023 and beyond? And then after the program, I'd like to send you for your gift to the ministry, the brand new movie about Pastor Chuck Smith and other key people from this revival called Jesus Revolution. This film would be a great movie to watch with family and friends, especially those you'd like to share more with about the gospel. You can watch clips from the Jesus Revolution DVD and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. 
And just before our opening song, I want to remind you we still have the Chronicles of Narnia Radio Theater Collector's Tin, with all seven of C.S. Lewis's books turned into an audio production that are like cinema of the mind as you listen. We have that for your gift as well. Now let's open with a song from the Jesus People Movement, written and sung by Kelly Willard. Make me a servant for Maranatha Praise 6. Welcome to Haven today, and we are looking back at how the Lord has moved in people's lives and how there were great movements of the Lord in times past. And on this program, for the very first time, I'm surprised we've never had you on, we are having Cheryl Broderson, who is the daughter of the late pastor of Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, Chuck Smith. Cheryl Broderson, welcome for the first time to Haven today. 
Thank you so much, Charles. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's exciting for me because we've been talking about this amazing Jesus movement that started in the 60s and 70s, and and you were growing up. You were part of this. Just what do you remember as, as a little girl growing up about how the Lord was moving? And I'm not sure you even knew the Lord as a young child. What do you recall? Yes, let me just say this. My mother made sure I was saved by the time I was two. So my mom was a, a, a very, very strong, very spirit-filled, exuberant woman. Beautiful. I mean, she was movie star, beautiful. Dark hair, mm-hmm. blue eyes, about 5'8", mm-hmm. and just stunning wholly dedicated to Jesus, and she wanted everyone around her to be wholly dedicated to Jesus. And that went from Mm. the checker at the market to the neighbor to the children that would come over to play with me, which was interesting because most of my friends were Jewish. Um, Mm -hmm. And she wanted them to know their Messiah. And she Mm. wanted to share Jesus with everyone. And that was my mom. And the other Part of my mom was she wanted everyone to be filled with the Spirit and to be passionate about Jesus because she was passionate. Mm. And so she wanted others to be passionate about Jesus. And so she made sure I was saved. So I was baptized in the Spirit at age five, baptized in water, fully immersion. This is Calvary at age seven. And I remember taking my first communion at six, and my mom wanted to make sure I knew exactly what the cup mm. and the bread represented before mm. I ever took it. So she was she was a very, very strong influence, very strong person in my life. Every morning before I left for school, she would say, Cheryl, you're a lamb among wolves, and mm. make sure I was prayed for. Mm. So there's a movie, Jesus Revolution, that many people have seen, and my mom in that movie is kind of a docile character, and you're thinking, oh. She was, was any, nothing but no, no, nothing that was, like that That at was all. a very wrong um, typecasting. When our ministry left Hollywood, and we bought the Maranatha Music Studios, from Calvary Chapel, and that's where we were for a number of years. Your late father and I used to have lunch together. He'd pick me up in one of his used cars, and we'd go have lunch. But he told me the real backstory on the Jesus Revolution, and I'll use that term, was really your mom influencing him to reach out to hippies. That's right. You want to tell a little bit of that story about, about, you know, how the Lord began using them, and then it just grew and grew. It went into music, it went into preaching, it went into churches being planted, these baptisms on the beach. Just give us a little bit of that history. All right. I want to say this, though. My father was never strategic. Like even our family vacations, we would borrow a motorhome and we'd just see where (laughs) we wanted to go. And so there was no strategy at all in the Jesus Revolution. It was never marketed. It was never strategized. It was just what the Spirit did. And that was my father. Never wanted a plant. In fact, he kind of was a little suspicious of plants. My mother was a planner. My mom wanted to know if we were going to go someplace. She would get a book on the place, and she wanted to know all about it. But she was the same way with people. She wanted to know all about people. So my mom was adopted, and her story, she never met her biological mother. She never knew who her biological father was. She didn't even find out that the people who were raising her were not her parents until she was 14 years old. And Mm. she wasn't legally adopted Mm. until she was 14 years old. So Mm. there's a whole story there. And she'd been through quite a bit of trauma 
and quite a bit of tragedy. And she was what I call a feeler, intense feeler.、Uh, uh-huh. She felt for others in a way that goes deeper than anyone else I've known. Like she would hurt, she would feel so much. And so、mm. when she saw these these hippies, she called them the lost children. Everything was Chuck. They're just lost. Children, and I think she related to their plight because she was a lost child, and she related、mm. to their lost children. They don't have mothers, they don't have fathers who care. They're lost, Chuck. They're lost, and it would be so intense. I mean, it would be hard to even have dinner at our table because she would start crying over the plight of the lost. Children, she would make my dad pull over so she could talk to a girl on a bench who looked forlorn. She、mm. wanted to feel for them, and she would ask them, "Can I pray for you? Can I tell you about Jesus?" So she was already intensely interested in why they were doing what they were doing, what their motivation, what was driving them, what was behind everything, and she was praying. So in the meantime, Calvary Chapel was already growing. My dad was not discouraged in the least about the church. My father never saw mountains; he saw challenges. So wow, again, not、yes. a planner, but everything was doable. Where there was a will, there was a way. The Lord was bringing people into the、That's、church,、right. and, and it wasn't the other way around. No, and my dad was one of those types that whatever door the Lord opened, he went through. Whether it was speaking at an Anglican church, or a Catholic church, which he did, or a Presbyterian church,、uh, he went to all the mayor's prayer breakfast. He was really good friends with all the pastors、mm-hmm. in the area. He was friends with the people on the city council. He was just such a nice guy, too. Very involved in the community. Where my mother was more, as I said before, she was the the feeler. So you've got this feeler with just this guy who doesn't have any challenges, and we've got this church. And my dad's teaching the word. So my dad was not the first pastor of Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel was already a church, and their、mm. pastor felt like he needed to step down because of some issues in his family. And so the church was looking for a new pastor. Interestingly enough, the the Board of the church had women and men both on it, and so they were asking for different pastors to come in. And my father was one of those who campaigned, and there had been a prophecy that they would know the pastor of the church because he would he would want to rebuild and redesign the platform. So they had taken my dad out to Bonanza Steakhouse after he had preached that Sunday morning. And while they were sitting there, my dad pulled out a pen out of his pocket and grabbed a napkin. And said, "You know, I was looking at your platform, and if you just moved these walls back and you brought it forward a little bit, and they all looked at each other and said, 'This is the pastor, the next pastor of Calvary Chapel.'"、Wow. And we were in a place called Corona, California, and my dad was actually teaching at、uh, Riverside Baptist College. He was teaching psychology, and、mm-hmm. he had a, a little church that he had started that had about 250 people. So we moved from there to Costa Mesa. And so he started preaching at the church and preaching the word. And he had already been doing a Bible study in Newport Beach. And all those people who were at that Newport Beach Bible study that he had been commuting to do all came to the church. So we have an immediate almost 250 people at this church. It's already outgrowing the facility. And my father is. I remember he put me in the car because again I'm his youngest daughter. I was probably about、really? six years old. And、you、he said we're going down to the, the newspaper、family. office. And we're going to take the ad out of the newspaper because I don't want a church that's bigger than two hundred and fifty people. 
So that was what was happening. And it was definitely providential, but it wasn't strategic. Well, isn't that the best way? Yes. The way the Lord moves. And I and I think it's so easy. And of course, we have listeners that weren't even born when this was happening. But this was a tough time. Culture was yes. changing yes. so rapidly. Yes. The love-ins that the hippie movements would have, the drug culture that was part of that, the Vietnam War was going on, and the hippies were very anti-Vietnam War. Many of us, including people who were born-again Christians in churches, felt like America was going to the pits and it would never be able to recover. And then this revival started. In fact, Cheryl... I want us to listen to a clip from the new Jesus Revolution movie that captures your parents' hearts to open up the church to hippies. Let's take a listen. This place, it is yours. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if anybody else thinks so. I mean, if, if you feel like you're an outcast, then join us here. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, this is where you belong. If you feel ashamed or trapped in something you've done or are doing, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. This is your home. You're listening to Haven Today, and that was a clip from the Jesus Revolution movie. Pastor Chuck Smith was welcoming hippies to come to his church and get to know Jesus. And we're talking with his youngest daughter, Cheryl Broderson. Cheryl, if you ask someone here on the West Coast who's maybe 55 or older how they met the Lord, nine out of ten times, they're going to say it was at a Calvary Chapel. Right. Now, the rest of the United States and Bill parts Graham. of North America, it's Billy Graham. <laughs> right. But the Lord uses us like your dad was not a planter. He wasn't a management consultant, but your dad was just open and willing. And then there was the voice of your mom that kept encouraging him and pushing him to reach the lost and the unlovable out there. And they were hippies. Everything was going crazy in the 60s. Yes. It was absolutely going crazy. Yes. But another factor was my grandparents on my dad's side and my grandparents on my mom's side, the adopted ones, all got saved through the Foursquare Ministry. And the Foursquare Ministry, because of Amy Simple McPherson, was all about conversion. It was yes. all about transformation. Yes. So yes. my grandpa, after he got saved on my dad's side, would go to the prisons and the jails, and he would evangelize all these people in jail. And then he would say, and when you get out, come to my house for dinner. And they would. And yeah, they so would. there would be all these testimonies at my dad's dinner table. So my dad and mom both believed in the transforming power of the gospel. And I think mm. that's an important factor because they knew that these lost generations coming in would not stay in drugs, would not stay in the lifestyle they had, but that the Holy Spirit would sanctify them and transform them. And mm. they knew that the Spirit would do the work that needed to be done. And so they were excited to see what the Lord was going to do with each person that was being saved. My dad opened up uh, Monday nights. He started teaching on Monday nights, and he would open it up to yes. testimonies. Monday nights were my 
favorite night of the week because that was the testimony night. And you know, somebody would say, you know, I was a prostitute, and then Jesus saved me, and now you know I'm, you know, married, and I'm telling other unspeakable girls. stories yes. for the average yes. church heroin and, addicts. And yet, and yes, this this is who Jesus was calling. That's right. To when he said, "Come to me and lived on earth." That's right. Yeah, that's right. Same thing. The gospel is for everybody, and sometimes we forget that. Do you think the Lord can still bring revival today? Oh, absolutely. I just think our mission field looks differently. and This is what concerns Mm -hmm. me about the church today, though. The church has stopped looking at the lost as a mission field, and we're condemning them, we're competing with them. And what we need to do is start praying for this lost generation, because this is a generation that is so confused and so lost. And they remind me of the generation that I grew up watching become transformed. It's the same, the same opportunity Mm -hmm. and the same opportunities. But you know, what really is interesting is the hippies were very confused. And I think that we have a generation that's very confused. I mean, they're confused about their biology, which should be one of the most obvious things to not mm-hmm. be confused about. But they're confused mm-hmm. and they need they need someone. And what my mom did so well is she listened and she encouraged her friends to listen without judging and then pray. And she said, you know, I used to talk to these hippies and she said, why they're telling me their story. She said, I was scared to death, but I was praying so hard in my heart. You know, mm-hmm. Lord, help me to listen. Help me not to react. And help right. me to take this to right. you and take them to, to love you. Them. Exactly. In the name of Jesus. Exactly. Yes. And fruit was born. Would you mind leading all of us in prayer right now that God will still use Christians to reach out to the unlovable and lead them to faith in Christ, that the Spirit would be at work? Would, would you lead us in prayer? I would love to. So, Father, we come before you because you are the maker of heaven and earth. You're the one who knows every heart. Father, you know where the white fields are. You know where the lost who are to be found are hidden. So, Father, we pray that you would give us your heart, that heart that so loved the world. You gave your only son. Give us that heart. Give us that passion that you have for the lost. Father, let us not condemn them. Let us not judge them. But let us, as you did, reach out our hands to them. Welcome them in and seek to have them know your son, Jesus. Oh, Father, put in our hearts again a passion for you, a passion for the gospel, and a passion for those that you so love. We ask this because of Jesus, because Jesus is the one who came, who lived on this earth, who felt our pain, who died for our sins, and who rose again from the dead, who is seated at your right hand and has poured out the Holy Spirit on us to give us the power to be your witnesses. So, Lord, we know with you all things are possible. So do your work, we pray, in your name. Amen. Amen. Cheryl Broderson, my sister in Christ, taking us back and sharing this whole history with us, the backstory and the accurate story. Thanks for joining me for the first time on Haven Today. Thank you so much, Charles, for having me. God bless you. You're listening to Haven Today and a program called Becoming Jesus People. And I have to say, I'm really thankful we were able to meet up with Cheryl Smith Broderson today 
and learn more about our parents and their hearts to reach the lost for Jesus. And as you just heard, the early 70s was a troubling time. And the thought of a Christian hippie was an oxymoron. But God does move in mysterious ways. Last week, we got a note from Ray in Calgary, Alberta, who shared that he was a young man working in Southern California at the time of the Jesus People Movement. He was listening to 70s bands, often high on drugs, especially LSD, but the Lord rescued him through the Christian music that came out of this revival, especially the music of Chuck Gerard and Love Song. Ray met Jesus, got off drugs, and he's now in his early 80s, and he just wanted to let us know he's praising the Lord for our series. Ray, thanks so much for sharing your story with us. That sums up the new Jesus Revolution movie. It shows how the gospel can reach anyone, and there is no one too far from the Lord, even people like Ray. I really believe watching this film will encourage you to keep praying for revival in your heart first, and then in the hearts of those in the world around you. And it could be a great way to share the gospel with people in your life who haven't yet met Jesus. Well, go to our website, Watch clips from the Jesus Revolution DVD. Make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or give us a call right now at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And just as we go, if you wanted to still get the Chronicles of Narnia radio theater presentation of C.S. Lewis's classic books, we still have that collector's tin for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Ever read a book that you just couldn't put down? You wanted to get to the end to find out the big reveal? Perhaps you were tempted to take a peek? But that would spoil the surprise, wouldn't it? In the story of God's plan to save his people, the angels were told to wait. The Apostle Peter spoke of the mystery of the gospel, that the Son of God would suffer and rise for sinners, but the angel couldn't peek to the end of the story. 1 Peter 1.12 says that the angels longed to look into these things. Have you read about Jesus' saving work recently? Don't take it for granted. What the angels longed to see, we now have in our grasp. You'll see Jesus more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.